Is your floor so ugly the dog refuses to walk on it? Is it so ugly your mother-in-law won't come to visit? Do you lock the door so people can't see it? Hi, this is Tony with We Do Epoxy and I hate ugly floors. We can take your ugly garage, basement, porch, or patio floor and in a couple of days turn it into a work of art. Stop living with ugly. Call me today at 859-582-7920. That's We Do Epoxy at 859-582-7920. We are Trisden and Ray. Having lived and spent time on the coasts and in rural Appalachia, we feel like we have a unique perspective on most topics. Working to find the common sense middle in a country becoming more and more polarized. Welcome to Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. What's going on, Ray? Trisden, we're back again. Back again. Busy week. For you? Yeah. You? No? Yeah, well, busy because ownership's changing. So, well, maybe not busy like pressure. Yeah, stress. It's a lot yeah, of stress. I guess stress, yes. Stress. Yeah. Which yeah. is what we all need at our age. Yeah. Exactly. Any additional stress? Yeah, is pressure. Just I guess would be pressure and stress are probably synonymous words, right? I would think. I mean, probably maybe in how you handle it is what matters. Probably, but definitely. There's some similarity there between pressure and stress. What was the old saying? What matters most is how you walk through the fire. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I've always liked it. But uh, yeah, it's been a, a bit stressful, a bit pressuring because the old owners <clears throat> still fighting this cold is better, but the little frog in the throat. Um, you know, we just never saw him. Much like you, you know how it goes. You work for a guy who you don't see for three months, and then all of a sudden he decides he's got to be there every day. Yeah. Um, and the last two days, this is Thursday, so both Tuesday and Wednesday was probably a combined six hours with new owners. That's a bit. Yeah. You know, I think there's something to be said for being comfortable around people generally, and then when you have to be around somebody that you kind of have to impress a little bit. Right for several hours. I mean, that's, it's tough to be on, right? For like, absolutely. Hours. That's where the pressure comes from. Yeah, yeah. It's not relaxed. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, even when we, we haven't reached that place yet. Yeah. yeah. We'll do the show and you know, it's an hour typically. And like some days I'll leave and I'm like, man, you know, just because you're trying to stay focused for an hour, but yeah, like doing that for five or six hours in a day. That's exactly right. That's a lot. Yeah. Cause he brought his wife yesterday and she's a fireball and got a million ideas and I'm just meeting her for the first time. And it's like, you know, and she doesn't endear her. She's a ball buster. She's not even from New Jersey. <laughs> nice. So she doesn't endear herself. I laugh at this stuff more than Lucas, but she walks in with, uh, so it's Hamill and her name is a, 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 a I pronounced it the other day. Now I've lost it. A a Kapeshka or something. But she said to call her Anne and their son, Yash. And she walks in with this 21-year-old kid. Now, Hemel wouldn't do this because he's not the same ball buster. But Lucas doesn't always get this stuff. And she says, I want to introduce you guys to your new supervisor. (laughs) And that just runs up Lucas. He's just like gripping the chair, white knuckles. I can tell. That's not the thing to say, Miss uh, Ann. That's not to for endear yourself. No, yeah. he didn't dig it at all. <laughs> Here's your new dad, 21 year old Yash. Now, I did on Monday, Tristan. I have had all kinds of dental work. Like I always say, you can't be born incredibly handsome with a great personality. <laughs> you got to you got to fall short somewhere. And I've I've been in a dental chair since I was eight years old, or, or maybe maybe younger. 
And yesterday, or Monday rather, was probably the worst thing. And I've been going Larry Kopchick in Lexington, Dr. Kopchick, for 30 years. And he's done most of the work. Because I said to him, is that your work that you're pulling apart? And he was like, let me check. I thought he would be able to recognize his own handiwork. But he had put a bridge in for me uh, 20, 18 years ago. I think it's 2004. And tooth went bad in the back. So he had to pull the bridge out. Oh, God. Dang, Tristan. He had numbed me up, but it was absolutely awful. Because I said at the end of it, I was like, uh, man, that one was a little rough. And he said, oh, man, you should have you know, told me and I would have you know, juiced you up a little more. And I said, no, nah, it wasn't really the pain, which it wasn't comfortable, but it was the, back to the pressure. This was physical pressure. Yeah. He's, so he had to break this bridge loose. And they're really not made to come out. You know, they're made to stay put. Right. And I can feel him like his hands on my chest and he's digging. Ooh. Oh, it was terrible. And the tools are like medieval, man. Because yeah. he said to me, he said, yeah, that one was a little rough. And I, I, I could have heard this wrong, but he said I had to get out the shovel with the flat end. Oh, so God. he's just down there digging this. Bri- now I've got this huge gap where so I have four months. It all has to heal. And, of course, you got to worry about dry socket, which knock wood so far so good. But it all has to heal and then probably going for an implant, another couple of thousand bucks. But I basically have no no molars on this side. So You're talking yeah. pretty good considering, Fucking by the way. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. And the other thing I wanted to mention was our buddy Dave Cox. Apparently, Dave was in town, and I missed him. He had left a voicemail asking me. Yeah, which sucks, because I love seeing Dave and Kathy. They're great. And Dave is a dedicated listener. Yeah. And uh, so, Dave, we do apologize for our language, because Dave is a a very uh, wholesome individual. He'll drop an F-bomb here or there, but I'm sure. And again, Dave, it's always Triz. It is my fault. It's never me. Yeah. But uh, no, (laughs) always uh, great to see Dave. I am very sorry I missed him. I think he's still doing a radio show. Down in Florida, oh, which is beach. great. Yeah, it's just fantastic. What's better than hosting a radio show at the beach in your retirement? Like, yeah. he's living the dream. Dave has enjoyed his retirement, I believe. And couldn't be, you know, that is the karma that I believe in. Could not be a better retirement for a better human being. Absolutely. Love Dave and Kathy. The Absolutely. best people. Yeah. When they finally moved to Florida, I remember Dave saying his only regret was he hadn't done it sooner. Because they, you know, they stayed in Richmond for a long time. Um, and Dave seriously wanted, and I know he's going to think, ah, we're stroking him now, but really one of the brightest guys I've ever met can figure out anything. Well, I mean, you say that it, but he's like what retired from IBM. Like these, this is not a guy. Yeah. That, Dave worked uh, a pretty good a, pedigree for his brain. Yeah. He was an engineer. I think he worked for Alcan for a time and, uh, one of the coal companies and then had started in radio and has a great voice. Um, and I don't know if you ever heard the, uh, Dave probably still has it, the, the, I think it was a hot dog ad in Estill, in urban Kentucky in the 60s. Haven't heard it. Oh, man, if he could get that to us, we would play it on this show. It is, I was like shocked. It, <laughs> it is so risque. And like, I think it was probably the early 70s in urban. Oh, my God. It's wow. like, oh, that's such a long, oh, it's just, it's great. Because he has this real sexy sounding yeah. woman. He's got some great radio stories. One of which I couldn't even tell you on the air. I'll tell you off the air. But um, yeah, so hello to Dave and Kathy, and I am so sorry I missed you, Dave. And would love to get him on. Oh, Dave, Dave, if you're ever in town, come on. Oh, it would be fantastic. He could tell the stories himself because he tells them much better than I do. There you go. I still don't think he could tell the one, though. Dave, with the bear and the Cadillac? He knows. (laughs) He knows. (laughs) <laughs> maybe you can maybe you can give it to me. I'll post it on Facebook. You or could do that. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's nice. So what do you have, my friend? Well, you know what? And this is I don't know. It's a Republican talking point. 
but I felt like it was worth discussing. I'd sent you a, a picture. This is from maybe what a couple weeks ago. It was an article. I want to say BuzzFeed released the article, but it wasn't the actually parents BuzzFeed. dressing the like cross dressing the kid. Yeah, it was yeah. The, the kid that was five years old. It's crazy that you know that. Yeah, so it was a five year old boy who feels like a girl. So he wanted to start dressing like a, a girl. So this five year old now goes to school every day. Says. She is much happier being her true self, wearing lady clothes. So, I mean, at what point, like, there's some pretty good attack ads against Governor Prashear about uh, sex change surgery for children right now. And, and Republicans do a good job of pretending like Democrats are totally fine with some of this stuff. Right. Which is not the case at all. No. But, I mean, I guess my question would be, you know, at what age do you say because to me, it's certainly not five years old. No, I mean, I think why would you even, as a five-year-old child, even be considering gender gender roles? Like you should be thinking about blocks and cartoons. Right. Yeah, like that's why weird, would right? it even occur to you these? Like I didn't even think about what I was wearing right. until I was ten years old, and I was trying to impress. That, that's a great girl. question. So does that come from the parents? It's got to, right? Yeah. I, would I mean, think. Where, where else would that be? Like, are they watching, you know, Anderson Cooper at night and, you know, then feels like, I mean, you're a five year old. You should not be worried about that stuff. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. I would think post pubescence. Well, 13 ish. Yeah. Or even, you know, I've definitely met some kids that 100% you, you knew that those kids, like the, the, the kid from, um, oh, Larry David show. You know what I'm talking about? The kid that sews the, and, uh, Oh, I not to say always not sunny. Chase not, Bono. No, it's, no, it's Chase. not a real kid. He's oh, an actor, oh, but he just he plays marvelously at, plays at, on Curb. On Curb. Oh yeah, yeah. and he, he he sews the swastika pillow for Larry oh, David. Yeah, it's yeah, quite yeah, the non sequitur. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. But yes, like, yes. But I do remember the yeah. whole episode was essentially based on the fact <laughs> yeah. that it was very obvious that the young man was gay, right. but the parents were like, "Oh no, he's our," right. you know, like no. And so Larry right, buys right, him right. a sewing machine because he's like, "Oh, this is just what I wanted the <laughs> sewing machine." And so it's it's a very funny episode because it does kind of parallel to real life. But um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 got to be a parentally well, yeah. influenced and we thing. did all know those kids right we all sure. did and now and now that's an interesting question so all right so we knew those kids and without using any of the pejoratives and the things that you know asshole athletes used to say about those kids and banging them off lockers and so forth i wonder how that's different today leaving aside the gender identity stuff just has that changed at all, or are the athletes still assholes? I'm sure my brother could talk to this, a 35-year teacher, that treat the effeminine kids like shit, or do they, is, there some, is there some movement in that area? My guess, and I've got some very close friends that are teachers, and my guess is that is much better, and kids yeah. are much more understanding. Okay. And well, way that, less well, that, pricks. Well, than, that would actually yeah. be a good development. It would be. Yeah. Yeah, but, but that would be my guess. And yeah. see, that's the problem, Tristan, is that, and I, don't, I guess it's hard for guys like us not to put it into political terms. And, and so you don't want to make it necessarily into political terms, but there is some good to all this stuff. It's just, it's just so easy to categorize both sides. Like you just said, Republicans want to tell you Democrats want everybody to sex change and Democrats want to tell you Republicans are backward and living in the 15th century. And you know, the two sides never come together, but um, it is wacky for a five-year-old kid to be, you know, comfortable now in their self. I, I think maybe psychiatrists, psychologists, sociologists would have a different view. But I think just as a couple of mokes doing this show, we would say, yeah, that's a little weird. But at the same time, if part and parcel of that is your point, that kids 
that are not the athletes and are, you know, used to get stuffed inside the locker are now getting treated better. That's a great development. I'm sure it is. Well, and even, you know, my high school, which was an all white, very rural, like very backwoods place. And I mean, good place in most regards. Hank but, Williams Jr. High school. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Robert E. Lee slash <laughs> Hank Williams Jr. High School. Uh, Thomas Walker in, in Virginia. But I, you know, I went back a couple years ago. One of our nieces, my married nieces, had prom, and you know there was two or three uh, couples that were you know either like maybe one was transgender and, and yeah, one was really? a lesbian couple that I thought, man, you know that's pretty nice. Really? Yeah, doing wow. the grand march. Oh so God, we did never march. had that in seventy eight. Uh, yeah, yeah. So like to go back to Thomas. So Walker, what's that? Ninety eight. Very rural school. I was ninety eight, but this was three four years ago. <clears throat> oh, for one of my nieces. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. So, so this not was when a, you graduated. Right, this okay. was a much more recent so development. It had, okay, really? Yeah. Wow. So it was kind of cool to see, like, yeah, well, this so is that where we're from. Let's kind of answer that question. That. Yeah, yeah, and that but, is not a terrible development. Now, some might think it is, but those people probably are sure being left behind. Agree, you know. But the question for me, I guess, is where do you put that age? Because again, I'm not a That's parent, the so you can speak to that. I, I don't know, but I would think like if my five year old, like again, why are you thinking about anything besides want to go play or win can have pizza? But if a, right. if a kid is, you know doing that like i feel like in the best interest of to your point there is still plenty of bullying there is still plenty of judgment so if i can just kick that can like listen we want you to be your best self we want you to be happy in your own skin but let's just wear jeans and t-shirts which is what everybody neither gender can wear and then if this is still something that you know that is important to you at 10 11 you know as puberty sets in like once you realize sexual feelings and then you know have them or you feel like you're 100 percent not your gender then let's you know go put on a full court press with buying you dresses and things but i just think at five years old it's more of a let's just let you think of anything fun that kids should be thinking right why are you even concerned with that i would like to hear from the person who thinks that is appropriate that is an appropriate age not to pick on them but i mean is there some merit to that i i I wouldn't think there is i tend to agree with you but that's funny you say jeans and t-shirts because it's kind of neutral right exactly i've thought that about names and pronouns everybody's hung up on names and pronouns. what if we just go last names i'm white you're reynolds lucas is combs and the females are their last names just go by your fucking last name that's it just idea. takes everything away. Sure. Now, Raymond told me a funny story. There's a young a young lady who just took a, a job at Eastern. Um, she's 23 years old. And I actually met her, a very nice young lady. And she was speaking with Danny Hope. Oh, nice. Former coach. Good went guy. To, went yeah. to Purdue. Oh, I love Danny. Yeah, he's great. But she called him Danny. And he stopped her. And obviously, he was busting balls a bit, but he was making a serious point. He said, Savannah, my pronouns are coach and hope. <laughs> That's pretty good. And she was very upset. Like, really? Oh, God. I mean, because first of all, she got what he was saying, but right. secondly, kind of like a little bit of how dare he, but that's that difference. That's what right. I always talk about. Yeah. Society went to shit when we allowed kids to call, you know, me Ray and you Trisden instead of Mr. Reynolds and Mr. White. I mean, I said good for Danny and even Raymond, who, you know, likes this young lady and, and likes her approach to work and so forth. And so he had to be a little bit defensive. And I was all about, I was like, Ray, that's one of the best things I ever heard. Good for Coach Hope. I still call him Coach Hope. Right. If I ran I would into too. him at a football game, sure. I'd go, hey, coach, how are you? Yeah. I could very easily call him Danny, but I'd say, hey, coach, how you doing? Was the was the young lady's issue that he was sort of taking the pronoun issue and turning it in a well, direction? possibly. More so than please call me coach. Possibly. Hope? He was busting balls on that a little bit. Yeah. But it, that's how... That's how uh, 
My word, that's how ubiquitous it is now, uh, Lucas. I almost did it. I did do it, <laughs> Tristan, is that it is everywhere. Even a guy like Danny Hope, who's a rough and tumble, looks like a Harley Davidson biker, is aware that that whole pronoun thing is out there. That's a, that's a fair question. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. So, so, yes, perhaps, because he was sort of making light of what is a serious issue to 23-year-olds. Right. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. And I did. <laughs> my pronouns are coach <laughs> pronoun. and hope. But uh, yeah, and, and I think that's fair. And again, there and and it's not just one sided. There is plenty of offended snowflakes on both sides. Oh yeah, but that is one of those things you just kind of have to roll your eyes and laugh at a little bit. Sure, I think uh, so. So I did find the article. It's an upworthy article. If anybody wants to read it, not uh, Buzz Buzz whatever Buzzfeed uh, Buzzfeed. And it's um, the the title of the story is "Mom of Trans Five Year Old Shares Her Unexpected Parenthood Story." Uh, and then quote exactly who he was meant to be. And then there's some pictures of the little uh, young lady, uh, previously a young man here on the article. So, yeah, again, to me, it's just a, a parent perpetuated, you know, because you do hear these stories. And I'm sure it's one out of a million. Like, we're going to raise the child with no gender until the child decides. As a right. parent, we'll let the child decide. Come on. Like, but to me, don't you just. <laughs> Excuse me. Does he have a penis? Don't you err. I think on, someone's already decided. <laughs> well, shouldn't you err on the side of the genitalia? And then once yes. they go in yes. a different direction, yes. then you say, okay. There's, well, there's, there's no compromise with the abortion issue, but I think like, I don't know, 16 weeks or something like that might be. And there's no real compromise on the gender issue, but go with the genitalia at least till some age of reason. Yeah. Right. I think that's fair. <laughs> Again, and, and you want to be supportive that of is, your kids. Yeah, and, man. Boy, that is that is an interesting debate. So we need to bring somebody else in here who knows this because somebody else might say, well, no, once, you know, you just made the point earlier in this podcast that you knew those kids who were, I, I will not name a name, but I remember a kid, I'll tell you off air, I do do that a lot. And then, and then typically forget to tell you. <laughs> but my brother-in-law, Vince, when he was still, before he had departed this mortal coil, we each had a, a mutual friend. And when he went away to college, he he came out and Vinny was like, Oh, he came out. Jesus, what a surprise. I mean, there was <laughs> right. no doubt sure. that this young man was gay. Right. Um, uh, and he came out, right? And then Vince was like, Oh, knock me over with a feather. So <laughs> I, I guess they would say that, right? We knew, we knew, you know, but do you know at birth? I mean, I take your point fully. It's very confusing. Well, and, and what you're also doing at five years old or six or seven or whatever. You're sort of saying, you know, at this point, you're going to have to live your childhood years when, again, you could just be eating M&Ms and playing in the sandbox. Well, that too. And you're going to have to Too much pressure. Yes, you're going to have to- Too much pressure for a kid. Right. So you're going to have to sort of stand up as an adult. Now you're a gender warrior. You're a gender warrior at five. And you're going to class and you're getting looks from teachers and other students. Right. And all their parents that disagree politically with any of this. Well, true. Like, just allow yourself to not have to deal with this. Yeah. Well, that's fair, too. And, that, and, that may be the best point. And that's unfair of the parents. I mean, again, your job right. as a parent is to protect. And it's not that you're, you know, you disagree with your child or you hate your, you know, their gender, you know, their gender identity. It's just give them a break before they have to go into that world of defense. I think that's a great point because yeah. the, the rest of your life you're on defense. Sure. Have, least, have a little offense while you're a kid or a little yeah, fun. Yeah, just that's be a great a kid. way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway, and again, I, I sent a text to our friend Brandon, who happens to be a gay man. Um, but I, we need to get back on the show anyway. I think, I think we. But I don't want to tow. He we, just say he who is a gay man. He happens to be a gay. Well, man. Well, no, just he, leave the happens aside. Okay, so that's that, the old. That well, that's the old George Carlin bit about. Uh, you ever have these? Yeah, you, you ever hear these white people? They say, "I have a friend of mine happens to be black," and Carlin said, 
Uh, was his mother black? Yes. Was his father black? Yes. Did they fuck? Yes. Well, then it would be weird if he happened to be Swedish. So making the point that we as white people or straight white men go, he happens to just say he is gay. He is black, right? Not happens to It just be. feels like the, the added extra words makes it less abrasive. It does, but I think they would probably say, no, I'm gay. I don't, I don't happen to be gay. I'm well, gay. Well, again, whatever. That was, I always deferred, I always deferred to Carlin because Carlin was the smartest guy who ever lived, in my opinion. Yeah, oh, yeah. Genius. <laughs> A genius. But no, I didn't. I, 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 don't, I want to bring him on the show and I don't want to tokenize. Yeah, I love Brandon. I don't want to tokenize the fact that he's gay and like hit him with all this stuff but at the same time like it's nice when you have friends that are different than you sure. that you can go to and say yeah look you happen to or you don't have you, you are gay <laughs> so tell me like is that what do you think of this and you wonder Absolutely. like what am i missing is really it's, what i wanted because i feel like i must be missing something it's on that. that same question that i loved when bill bradley was running for president and he asked you know when is the last time you had a conversation about race with someone from a different race and it would be the same thing with gender with uh, sexuality with all of that because you and i are straight white men who need some help with these things and that's the point that i've tried to make and there's sort of this ongoing um sort of message on twitter which is now x when it's you know oh these ignorant ass middle-aged white men asking these questions it's so annoying but look at least we're trying that's, like what's the problem with well that's the, on you i always say that's on you yes that's not, i mean i i work or manage these kids trisden and and i often we have these conversations i always say the podcast grew out of uh, out of the office there at work but um if they take that approach with me i say well that's on you then you know, because you got to explain this. I'm not living it or, or, you know, it's just if you guys want to change it, you can't just blow off somebody older asking questions about it as, oh, you're just old and ignorant. You got to explain it because if you can't explain it, it ain't going to happen. Right. And, and to me, that's because, the- you know what, Trison, you and I could easily take the approach that perhaps some of our conservative friends do and say, fuck these people. <laughs> you know what? Like, Stop he- bothering me with this stuff. Help us help you. Right. Let, like, help us help bring you. us into the loop so then we can That's be it. an ally. That's help it. us understand some you know, of it. Well, yeah. you're all just going to die off. Look, I know plenty of 25 and 30 year olds who have that same opposition. I can think true. of three off the top of my head. Yeah. So don't tell me it's all, oh, you're just an old generation. I've had this conversation with Brielle. You know, I mean, I won't say his name. His initials are TY. <laughs> he's a young kid who works, he's a 30 year old, and he's completely opposed to all this stuff. So you got to bring him aboard too. You know, right. you don't have to, but if you want to, you get the not, more it's people just, you're bringing on board, the help better. us help you. Yeah, I yeah. think that's a great line. And I think more people than not now, there are some people that just have that kind of hateful identity these days. They're always going to hate, you know, homosexuality or whatever. I suppose. But at the same time, like yes, bring aboard the people that want to be a, a be an ally. Yeah. What, what could be the harm? Right. And even if that's, you know, an uncomfortable hour of explaining what some of this stuff means to well, there's, ignorant people. Yeah, there's certainly going to be some uncomfortableness about it, right? Sure. It's not going to be a, a simple conversation that you're going to have um, because there is going to be some backlash. And, you, and that's another thing. You've got to be ready for that backlash and you've got to be able to um, defend your position with some, something other than, ah, you're just old and you don't get it. That just doesn't work. That's not an argument. Yeah. Or you're ignorant and you don't get it. Right. So, and again, credit to people who try, at least. I think so. Patting myself on the back. Yeah. We try. Well, no, we do. But but, but yeah, it would be tough, I think, to bring me around on, you know, why a five-year-old is more concerned with gender and clothes than, you know. 
well, playing I think, soccer. I think your point of just letting them be a kid, you know, that they're so much of the rest of your life you're on defense. That's a great way to put it because we love sports and we get that. You know, you do. You spend a lot of your life on defense. I mean, the point you were making earlier about new owners and spending two hours with them, you're on defense. Yeah. You're always trying to make sure that you're, you know, not offending anybody and not because you haven't reached that place yet. You know, and that's hard for me because I offend a lot of people. <laughs> you, <laughs> you lie. <laughs> I did make some joke yesterday that was kind of a groaner, something about <laughs> somebody said something because we are, it's loosening a little bit. And, and uh, Hemel, I, I actually quite like, I've spent the most amount of time with him. And as I said to you, this guy swears and he drinks and I think he's fine with scantily clad women, but somebody said something about uh, you know, he just, that guy, he just grabs every dollar. Obviously, this was not an Indian. I can't remember. It was a vendor or something. And I said, she part Indian? Nice. And, they were like, Ooh. and then it came to light that Lucas did his ancestry, and he's got like a percent and a half of northern, I think it's Punjab, northern India blood. And Himmel was like, that's oh, funny. that's great. Nice. It's a very cloistered culture. Yeah. They, um, they take care of their own. Indeed, you yeah. do see that because that was that was funny too. He's got a second son who's working in Nashville at a hotel, and I said Indian owned, and he looked at me like he just shrugged his shoulders. And I was like, <laughs> "Is that a stupid question?" And it really was like, "Absolutely, yeah." We're not going to work for a white guy, I assume. Yeah, or a black. That's guy. funny. Yeah, right. But you know, again, it goes back to the boxing thing. There is a little bit of oh, here we go again. You You're going to show your racism. You can't. People do tend, well, no, you walk into a college, which is the most woke liberal place in the world, walk in into a college cafeteria and see who's sitting together. You're well, not going to find a completely mixed college cafeteria. So then that begs that question of racism or birds of a feather. Like Vince and I were- see, I don't think birds of a feather in the terms that you're saying it is racist. Right. No, that's what I'm saying. You're just comfortable. It, it, it may just be birds situations. of a feather. Yeah. Vinny and I were the best of friends because we were Irish Catholic guys from New Jersey uh, down here in, in, in the you know strangers in a strange land if you will and i think we'd have been friends whether we met you know as brothers-in-laws in college in the army you know whatever we just birds of a feather yeah so i get that no i do and i have some you know some of the best friends i've had in my life have happened to be happened to be <laughs> you gotta God think about that now. now now i've got it in my head <laughs> See, so some of but, some, yeah. some some great friends throughout my life have been black but uh, you know again i think as a general rule and there's but and especially now you know Kids, there's so many interracial couples and so many kids that are mixed. And and this is all for the better that now there's a whole lot less. I'm sure it's a whole lot less to identify who is black, who is white. Like people are just, there's a lot more, I guess, interwoving, uh, interweaving of friendships in that. But uh, one point that I was going to make too, going back to to the transgender five-year-old. If you had to pencil mark on a calendar the day that you probably first felt stress, now maybe this is, not exactly, but your life really becomes stressful when you become sexual, right? Like, oh, that's it's probably definitely women so. and arguing sure. and like, you, oh so. no, like I've got to yeah. learn this whole other way to live. Like, there's not a lot of stress before you're sexual. Like, when you're 14 years old, you're still like, I'm going to go play ball or I'm going to go play whatever you play as a 14 year old. So, like, your life that's you probably really very true. Envelop stress at the point you become sexual. So, why? thrust that upon a five-year-old right. too so, so like so to speak like why yeah just so that <laughs> added stress so anyway that, that, that's, uh, that's probably a great point yeah I, I i would i've never really thought about it in those terms but i would agree with that completely yeah that's probably right and then it goes from there huh yeah and I mean, then and then the, the second, stress never goes away well and then the second uh, thing becomes money sure um which you don't really think about at 
10, 11, 12. Some do. I mean, yeah. you know, John Rysak tells that great story about his older brother who's a multimillionaire. And uh, dad, used to, dad used to bring him candy. Do what you want with the candy. Well, Anthony sold the candy on the bus. John gave it away. Oh, that's funny. Well, born entrepreneur. Yeah. He was going to sell that money. John exactly. was a gregarious guy. Here, have some candy. That's great. Yeah, right? Yeah. Just and, and I think there is that. You know, some entrepreneurs are made. They probably know at five because the kid is, you know, pain in the ass about money. But, yeah, by and large, those two things. Yeah. Sexuality and money probably are what cause stre- most stress in your life. Yeah. Yeah, I would think. So how about um, still no Speaker of the House? Yeah, I was just heard coming. So I was completely wrong, right? I was mark the day, Tristan, because I said on this <laughs> podcast last week, or was it two weeks ago? You know, they'll get in and they'll figure it out. And Scalise, that really is how screwed up they are. The Republicans right now, they cannot. It's so ugly. it's now the seventeenth, sixteenth. What is today? October nineteenth. God, am I that far off? <laughs> Jesus, that, that dentist really knocked you out. <laughs> yeah, I lost two or three days. <laughs> so it's October nineteenth now. So we're going on a, a month plus since McCarthy. McCarthy, and um, it doesn't appear it's to be just Jim a couple Jordan. Weeks, right? It's two weeks, maybe two full weeks. Uh, what I say, a month? Yeah, yeah, maybe it is. But um, they can't get their poop together, can they? It's ugly, and I think you know our own uh, Congressman Andy Barr had uh, weighed in, spoke out, and was like, you know, this. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but essentially, this is a shit show, and we've got to do better. And there's been a lot of sound bites from Republican Congress folks. That are saying this is ugly. I mean, I get this, but I don't get it. Why can't Hakeem Jeffries, the Democrat, because they're so close. It's uh, There's two vacant seats, so I think it's like 217 to 213, because yeah. you need 217 to get in right now. Yeah. Why can't Hakeem Jeffries, uh, who's a congressman from New York, who's the minority leader, uh, not find five? He would only need five or, or, or ten at the most. Uh, moderate Republicans... To make himself speaker, have every Democrat vote for. I, I guess those moderate Republicans would just never do that because yeah. they would get primaried or something. That's it. But they could. They would lose their. Seat would sure. they though? I mean, if people said, "Well, they're actually trying to work something out," it's. I, I guess they would take it as an fu to the Republicans. But yeah, it's crazy, man. So now I think they're talking about Patrick McHenry, which is close to Patrick Henry. So it's a pretty cool name. Yeah. In the annals of his, American history. He's but, kind of the uh, interim guy, right? Yeah. They're talking about giving him more power through January. So at least he could bring bills to the floor because Congress is doing nothing right now. Um, so that's the latest proposal. And But I think Republicans have to, I'm, I'm sorry, I think Democrats, at least some have to go along with that. So I think they're meeting right now and Democrats are seeing what they can get out of the deal. You know, it is just, I mean, Politically, and again, certainly the the Congress or the uh, you know the House of Representatives is the branch closely related to you know the average folks. Sure, and it yeah. is. I think it's a mirror of what's going on, and it is just your side is so bad. Yeah, we can't do anything. No, with I think you and vice versa. I, I think that's sides. a great way to look at it. If you were in Britain, the uh, House would be the House of Commons, and the Senate would be the House of Lords. Yeah, it kind of breaks that way. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they're they're the most uh, in a tune with with the common people, and yeah, it just seems to be that right now it's just a <laughs> a shit show. Well, and as a lover the Republican of, Party, it is, and I love politics and my country, and I don't hate the Republican Party. Although Trumpism, of course, has given me pause for concern. Yeah. But it's I don't like watching this. I would like them to sure. find a, a halfway yeah. decent Speaker of the House and get rolling. Yeah. Right. People always say, oh, the two party system's terrible. It's really not because you've got, you know, out of that friction comes good things, but you got to have them both functioning. 
Yeah, you know, exactly. You got to have them both functioning. And that goes to the, the point I think you made uh, or have probably several times that one party wants to govern and one party seems to want to burn it down or at least one pretty big faction of the Republican Party. Well, you have a fact about Jim Jordan, don't you? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I wrote this down. Jim Jordan, who at least at the moment is the most uh, the, the highest. He's the one who's trying is regarded his, to be. Yes, yeah, the, the speaker, speaker of the House. Right. He certainly wants to be right. Uh, now, he's been in Congress over 15 years. He's never sponsored a bill that was signed into law. It's crazy. Now, again, what does that say? I, you know, More interested in backbenching and burning it down than actually legislating. Right. Yeah. So why? I, to me, I, the problem I guess I have with that faction of the Republican Party, I know a lot of Republicans. I know there's a lot of ways that government could make their life better. So why not make those your issues instead of just screw everything the Democrats say is your issue. I don't let yeah. the government work for you. Well, I mean, it's almost that, you know, I don't want to say a self-fulfilling prophecy, but you've always heard that Republican meant less government, less government, less government. But you always thought that they would be responsible in terms of the government that we need your point, but they almost seem to want to just burn it all down. But still, Tris, and I go back to that point that I will continue to hit, and I really think the uh, attraction to Trump and MAGA is is for people who've lost all faith in every American institution, which is just such a, you know, and, and the good things, the Supreme Court and the FBI and so on and so forth. We can all pick on the IRS. Sure, that's an easy target. But these people have lost faith in every institution in America, I suppose the military. Um, and that's that's just a shame. Completely. And I haven't heard the military, and I hope that we've quite not gotten to that point, but I feel like it would only take maybe one January 6th where the National Guard was called in, and then you've got, you know, MAGA folks fighting with right. the military, then part of the military becomes part of the enemy. They just like a, with Capitol Police. Right. So just. And I'm not here to. to tout uncle joe's horn if he decides at christmas he doesn't want to run i think that would be the best decision it would be great i did what i had to do and because there's some slight speculation he might do that and you still have the whole year of primaries amongst democrats but um he probably isn't going to do that but what about the balls flying into tel aviv yesterday yeah never been done right (laughs) now with that hospital bombing they're not sure if it was the smartest thing because the arab world is in flames and you know i shouldn't say all indications look like it was a misfired Palestinian rocket that the Israelis did not blow up that hospital. But I don't know if you get that through to the Arab on the street. I don't know either. And it's just such a sad mess. And And you know what's interesting, Tristan, and this did occur to me, whether it's Fox or MSNBC or all points in between, you almost never get the perspective of the Palestinians. You really don't. So I put on BBC. I swear to God, I'm driving. I put on the BBC. They're finishing a story, those great British accents. And next up, we're going to interview a British citizen living in Gaza, sympathetic to Hamas. Wow. Just like that. And this guy came on, and and he kind of sounded like a common guy because the interviewer asked him if he thought that Hamas was actually the answer because apparently Hamas is, uh, to put it into the context of the Irish, a little bit like Sinn Féin. They are the group representing the Palestinians. Uh, Well, the Sinn Féin became the political wing of the IRA. So Hamas is very political. They're not just militant. Where where they, and I didn't know this, it was just kind of from all the past couple of weeks, where Hamas 
was a little bit different from like the uh, uh, Islamic Jihad and ISIS and that is that they're very political. So they do. They, you never hear. You don't hear this in Western media, including the Israeli media. They they aren't just concerned with the elimination of Israel. They're also concerned. And and actually, Hamas has sort of put an overture forward that they could live with a two state solution. But they're also interested in making things better. Now, of course, you don't hear it. You only hear that Hamas is terrorist and the people are living like shit. But there's been a blockade since they were elected in 2006. So the people have been living like shit. But I think Hamas wants the Palestinian people to live pretty well. Um, but the interviewer asked him if he thought Hamas had his best interest at heart. And he said, man, things are so bad. I can't even make that decision. Uh, that's not my place right now. I just want to see that my family gets some food. So it is, you know, it is an, an awful cluster. Yes, and I think the horrible thing, too, I mean, it's there's a lot of negative, shitty things about Hamas, obviously. I mean, I just don't know if murdering innocent folks is ever the answer if they right, if they had any if they had any um, uh, thought at any negotiation that all went out the window um, what 10 days ago october 7th yeah. i think which apparently is a high holy day in israel it, it, well i know it was it was an anniversary on another uh, yeah attack oh okay from several years before so they planned that also and because i yeah, feel there's like just they're not going to get any sympathy from anybody in the world yeah and again you know look there's innocent civilians that are casualties of war there's you know groups that use innocent people as human shields so they can work you know in the next room over because they know that somebody will be less likely to target. So I get there's some awfulness there, but I think they just sort of intentionally went into rape, murder and brutalize innocent folks. And I, you know, it's, you can't defend it. Oh, well, I shouldn't say from anywhere in the world. Obviously there's parts of the Arab world that are, you know, aligned with them, uh, Iran and so forth. But yeah, it's, um, it's God awful. Well, and, and, you know, I could get into another, political spiel or a religious spiel like I did last last time but I mean again this is you know these people don't believe Israelites deserve to exist right so I mean some even, of them don't yeah and even I think what somebody said even or actually this is if you believe Governor Ron DeSantis uh, interview that I saw with him speaking about it he said even the non-Hamas Palestinians are sort of very anti-Semitic so at best yeah, they I'm sure they are but I, I think that you know as a reasonable human who wants to continue to live, you would, uh, the two state solution. I don't know why we can't ever get to that two state solution. They carved out land for Israel. Can they not carve out land for the Palestinians? I, I wish I was smarter and right. more about no, some, we need, some of yeah, that. But you it would does, need, yeah, right. You would need somebody like, who knows yeah, well, it feels that. Like, sorry. It feels like both sides would be miserable enough with all this going on that you would just say, let's figure it out yeah, one exactly. way or the other so we can try to live in and peace. And maybe, maybe that's what comes out of this after all of the uh, horror ends, you know, that, I, I mean... You look at uh, the Serbians and the Croatians. They fought that god-awful war after um, Tito died. It was Yugoslavia, and then they, you know, I guess he kind of kept them under his thumb, whatever, post-World War II. And I remember you were a kid, but that war, I I think the two sides got together, Tristan, when there was a marketplace bombing that killed 70 kids, might have been in Sarajevo, and the blood was literally running down the gutters in the streets. And both sides were like, okay, 
we have to stop. We have to come to a table. We have to come to some settlement. And they've seemingly been getting along pretty well since. I mean, I don't hear much about Croatia and Serbia now. They seem to get along, have some great basketball players come out of there. Indeed. And tennis players and on and on. Ironically enough, I had a Serbian friend in college, uh, Berea College, who had played, I think, on the Serbian national basketball team. Deeply anti-Semitic. So I deeply think anti-Semitic. Are, those people also are deeply anti-Semitic. I wonder where that stems from. I don't know, but <laughs> kind of a non sequitur. And he, but, how did you get on that topic with him? Oh well, just the fact that you just had some Jewish discussions. Blood? Yeah, exactly. And he was my, readily admitted that. Well, he just oh he, his actions. Just a lot of dorm room. Like it was more. I think in America it was just more. Oh my gosh! Now let me tell you every awful joke about the Holocaust I've ever heard growing oh, wow. up. So it was fascinating, but you know, a little ugly at the same That's time. That's funny. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Pretty well, amazing. there's there. I mean, there is anti-Semitism throughout the world. There's no doubt about that. But yeah. I mean, it's you know the Palestinians and the Israelis. Good lord. And it, it and I think to the you point a lot of people make and some of the stuff with these Harvard students that are losing jobs and and well they're going the other way they're blaming right? Israel for everything. Yeah. You can't but, blame Israel for that attack. Yeah. You know. And and again, I, I think, you know, you'd be closed-minded to say this is, you know, that attack was one-sided, but it would be closed-minded to to not feel a little bit guilty for the Palestinian folks also. Like right. you you certainly you you want their civilians to be able to live free just like you would want Israeli citizens as an obser- as a neutral observer 100% sure. right so yeah. that's where you know that's my question where i got myself in trouble with the marines on september 17th 2001 you know did did you ever ask yourself what America may have done that caused these guys to willingly give up their lives just to kill americans no i have no interest in that question okay i get it same vein do you wonder what it is that these Palestinians perceive Israel is doing to them to have them come through that border and kill, may murder, torture in the most horrible way. Israeli people knowing that the venge that there's going to be some um, exacting of you know some vengeance. There's, the Israelis are going to come in heavy as they are. Well, you you, you ask know? that question a lot. So let me turn that around for you because to me it seems like the answer is nothing more than simple religion. Our religion says you're the fucking worst and vice versa. So. You tell me what could what could folks do? And again, nobody says some of these blockades and some of these different things are are the are are great. And of course that that sucks. But you know, Palestinians or at least the this extreme group doesn't feel like Jewish people or Israelis deserve to exist on Earth. So what 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 should the Jewish folks be doing? How are they playing a role in this? What what's your answer? Yeah, I don't. I guess that they're you know they build settlements and they they carve out this piece of land, but they don't allow um, you know they don't allow the freedom for the Palestinians. Um, I, I assume is what Palestinians would tell you um, that they're treated as second class citizens. They're subservient to the Israelis, um, and I suppose the Israeli answer is well we have to keep them that way because they want us dead so we have to keep them under our thumb because if they're not under our thumb they're going to have the freedom to amass and and kill us and i'm sure both things are true so can you not find the two-state solution where they coexist um without bothering each other you know just live and let live kind of thing i i often thought that you know and and again this may be far too much of the left lefty in me and you might have a conservative say that's a bunch of nonsense but i I, did did uh osama bin laden want every american dead maybe but 
He's a bright guy. He was like a fucking structural engineer or something. Um, if you went to him and said, look, you want me dead, I get it, but I don't want to die. So here's what we're going to do. We're just going to pull our troops out of the Mideast, and we're going to let you have the land. I think he would say, yeah, that's a good deal. And, you know, but you've got so many natural resources and all that going on. You know, could you have that same kind of agreement with Israel and Palestine? Yeah, you probably could. But how do you get to it? Because America's not leaving the Middle East, right? So it certainly seems hard. I mean, I think one of the good uh, good points made on Mar, which is wow, nice that was to a wonderful watching. debate. It was a great discussion. Man, man. Smart, smart folks. But one of the things, you know, I mean, obviously Israel is in a good uh, military position because of their alliances with America. Well, sure. Um, but I think uh, somebody made the point that, you know, yeah, some of these uh, settlements and some of the blockades, it you know, it sucks. And like we're freely admitting this is not the best. But if you turn that power around, the Israelis are dead. Like they don't put up blockades. They're just going to knife you. Yeah. So what so, we're referencing was a Mars show last week. And I, I can't tell you either gentleman's name, but the one guy had been Bernie Sanders, um, uh, uh, foreign affairs uh, consultant. Right. And he was far, pretty far flung lefty, but very reasonable and and not at all combative. Right. And the other guy was, I guess, a Jewish American writer, American Jewish guy. Yes. Who was quite defensive of Israel, but was also very respectful. And it was right. him, the uh, the, the conservative um, uh, Jewish guy, who said, "If you took, here's what he said. I believe I may be slightly paraphrasing, but he said, if you took, he said." Uh, uh, Palestine could end this conflict tomorrow by laying down their guns, laying down their arms. If the Israelis laid down their arms, they'd be dead. Yeah. Which I thought, wow, that's pretty deep. I it, mean, if there's was. that's if you look at it that way as an Israeli, then obviously you don't want to give an inch. Right. So, yeah. There, and man, I'd like to have just watched that just before I came because there were so many fascinating points and so many things that I was unaware of in the conflict. But what I thought was interesting that the guy that on was the, such a great point. that is a great point. Yeah. But then the guy on the left, Bernie's former consultant, said what a lot of people don't know is Bibi Netanyahu has reached out to Hamas because Hamas has kept um, his claim was so, so basically negating everything that I said about Hamas being political and trying to lead a fight a better life for the Palestinian people. A lot of people say Hamas has taken whatever money they have and put it into munitions and put it into underground tunnels in Gaza City just to benefit Hamas. And that Bibi Netanyahu, the prime minister of Israel, has sort of covertly worked with them because he wants to see the Palestinian people in turmoil that he doesn't want to see any kind of calm life in Gaza. He wants yeah. to see that turmoil that Hamas is sort of broiling up. So then there's that, right? And there's a lot of, um, and again, I don't know if it's conspiracy or I guess it would, would be conspiracy until it was proven, but man, I mean, you hear a lot of stuff. I mean, first of all, BB pretty far right, probably the farthest far right, right leader in, in also Israeli. the longest leader in Israeli history, seventeen years in different increments. Yeah, ironically yeah. enough. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I wouldn't say ultra conservative, but some would say ultra conservative. Yeah, very conservative. Well, and and I don't want to perpetuate ignorance, and this is complete, you know, hearsay, internet hearsay and nonsense. Yeah. But you know, they were saying that you know because of his far right politics, Netanyahu. That uh, Israel was moving very close to a civil war before yeah. this happened. Well, there I guess was, that's factual. There was a lot of animosity, yes, right. between the two sides. So there is a, there's a rumor that he 
once oh, the attack God. started. Oh. So you no credence to this at all? Well, no, I'm, I not. can I can already hear where this is going. But well, yeah, it was go the ahead. Pearl Harbor thing. Yeah, he, they, yeah. They, they, he didn't do anything for six hours because he knew the visual of what they were doing oh, and wow. that was going to lead to. Well, they didn't do anything for six hours. Right. And huh. this took on, you know. This took the focus completely away from civil war. The internal strife in Israel. Because I think one of the things he's doing, he's taking away the power of the Supreme Court, which people are very unhappy with, as anybody would be in a free free nation. So people were very mad. And this takes the blame, or not the blame, the focus completely away from the anger at Netanyahu and on to Hamas. Could you imagine? So, wow, holy Christmas. The world is such a confusing place. I hadn't heard that um, conspiracy theory, but the Israeli troops didn't get there for six hours. And, you know, Israel's not that big a country. Right. You can travel it pretty quickly. And those troops are great. And they yeah. move fast. So it's a whole lot easier to say, you know, 2,000 folks were killed versus, yeah, 10 folks were killed and we got there. It's probably not even national news. Right. But that then it becomes, you know, we're going to close our eyes for six hours. The entire focus. Then, well, much like this hospital bombing, right? If it's And I don't, I, I, my gut tells me it was not Israel because the Israelis do make efforts to, it, it, again, there's that, there's that, very maybe clunky uh, Irish uh, analogy where, you know, the IRA used to tell people before they bombed that they were bombing so they could get out. And and Israel's really good about trying their best to um, save uh, civilian life. I don't think the Israelis would have bombed a hospital. I just don't. I don't feel like that's no, the case either. No, no. And real quick, but once it was bombed, then the Palestinians were like, "Oh, we could make some hay out of this." We'll sure. just bomb. but it, see, to me, I think it's forensically provable yes. where the bombs munitions came from. But in this world of facts, don't mean anything. Right. Will it even matter? Right. So, on that very good point, let's take a quick, oh, yeah. late commercial break. Yes. Hello. According to our research, you like podcasts. Well, if you have a passion, mission, or story, you should have your own podcast. And I have a resource you might be interested in. Go to frontporchstudios.com slash products and services. You'll see how Front Porch Studios can help you enter the world of podcasting. Again, that's frontporchstudios.com slash products and services. Thank you for your time. Goodbye. And welcome back. So, yeah, that's such a such a sad point to make that it may not even matter what happened at that yeah, to the Arab on the street. Sure. And now, and now it is a lot of turmoil. Now you've got protests in Jordan. I think the, um, uh, American embassy in Beirut was coming under fire, not, not, uh, actual gunfire, but there were protests outside of it. And of course there's a little bit of history there when the 280 plus Marines were killed in 1983 when Reagan was president, yeah. um, in, in Beirut, Lebanon. And, you know, um, uh, did you hear what, what was, he, what was his joke? I guess you could use anybody. I guess you could use Trump now. Did you hear what Donald Trump said about Beirut? No. See, he was all right, but I thought Joe DiMaggio was better. <laughs> nice. They used to make that pretty joke good. about George Bush. And <laughs> nice. that is the fault of the left. The left always made every Republican an idiot. I remember they said Ronald Reagan was an idiot. They said George W. was an idiot. They said his dad was. You know, they're not idiots. Yeah. We may not agree with them, but they're not sure. idiots. Yeah, I don't they, think Trump's an idiot, do you? Graduate from Harvard and, oh, what a fool. Not that that makes you smart, but no, I I, I think that's, you know, it begins to be the boy who cried wolf at a certain point. It does. They right, that's all, the problem obviously. with it. Right, yeah. yeah. Like, we disagree, but it doesn't make them yes. stupid. I, I That is exactly right. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a random story and no segue whatsoever. Um, that is called a non sequitur. I've said that term three times in the show. So. I know. Yeah. 
I didn't just didn't want to overuse it. I thought I'd go with segue. I didn't want to sound like the guy who just learned a word. You've been using it ubiquitously. I have, uh, indeed. So try to s- switch it up. <laughs> um, I went, went to court days in Mount Sterling over the weekend. I've never been, but I know of it. And this Guns is, galore. Yes. So uh, if you if you like. Um, if you, I don't know if rednecks and guns, <laughs> yeah, plenty of that as well. Uh, George A. Romero's son has a restaurant in Mount Sterling. Are you familiar with George A. Romero? I, I, I know Caesar Romero, who played the Joker. No, I do know George Romero. Who was he? Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, producer. yeah right, right, so right, right, famous, right. Yes, uh, yeah, yes. I did know. Guy. I knew that name. Right. So his son apparently lives randomly in Mount Sterling, Junior. It's George Romero. C. Romero. Oh, that's wild. Oh, and so, and there's a lot of cool, uh, like. Um, homage Hollywood to his stuff. dad's work. Yes. Oh, and, that's cool. And I guess he he's a writer also does some Hollywood stuff. That's wild. It was pretty fascinating. Yeah, that's so, cool. Added the guy as a friend on Facebook. So if you're, you know, if you're in Mount Sterling, Kentucky randomly or, you know, and he has a store. Us, it's a restaurant. And restaurant. Yes. Yeah, so oh, that's wild. There, there's like a little art room and like a live music. Oh, that's venue. cool. But yeah, it was pretty, pretty randomly cool. But um, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. Went to court days, walked out of the Romero's was the name of the restaurant. And um, I love caffeine recently. Never been a big coffee drinker because it kind of affects me kind of hard. So like I, it's, caffeine's a drug, man. It's to people me what realize. I imagine cocaine is to right. like yeah. other people. Like I can just go all day on a glass of unsweet tea, but uh, <laughs> walked out of Romero's. I'd had three sweet teas and this was after the court days. And I just like the started, the world started spinning. Like I had drank 10 shots. Oh, like, shit. It was crazy. So I had to pause. I was like, holy shit, this is weird. Yeah, that's always weird. So the only thing and that I can figure out is, because I don't feel like I have an ear infection, is just the, the excessive amount of caffeine got me. Catch yourself, like, spinning, like vertigo? Oh, yeah, very vertigo. Yeah, so oh, spinning and just kind of, like, stopped and, like, you know, kind of closed my eyes. And you probably... Scary. Very scary. Probably lasted 30 seconds. And, uh, you know, we walked to the car. And my wife, not a driver. So, you know, we were a quarter of a mile from the car. I was good enough to walk. Got to the car and actually drove us home in you know, an hour, 15 minutes from Mount Sterling. But it was weird, man. Weird when that happens. And there was a uh, Google at least said that if uh, the digestion of caffeine can sometimes cause. Oh, it. there you go. So, but uh, how about that? So I'm going to stop drinking caffeine again, even though it's so delicious. <sighs> getting old and i'm much older than you and it's always something man like and i'm just 43 and it just feels like every year now i've got another weird ailment to to think about and like roberto clemente i'm a bit of a worrier like i'm what's it called when you roberto clemente like a notorious um Uh, uh, yeah no i know it too uh, um help us out here whoever's listening <laughs> somebody call in if you would and like when you're super oh god pain. you're uh, um oh it's right on the think horses not zebras you are a hypochondriac thank you yeah thank so, you uh, yeah so e- you. everything gets me anyway and it's you know yeah i think patty would tell you that about me but i do that thing like uh oh fuck this headache is either sinus or a brain tumor because <laughs> I, I maybe i figure if you Try to keep it at bay, you know. Like my mother-in-law, I say about Jane, who just turned 90, she just keeps giving the middle finger to the Grim Reaper. I mean, God bless her. Love it. She broke a hip a few years back, and just, you know, that ends the life for a lot of elderly people. Not for her. She just had COVID a couple of weeks ago. I mean, she she really just sits there with her middle finger up at the Grim Reaper, so God bless her. Gotta love it, man. Yeah. And I don't know, Do you? how long do you want to live? Like, if you could... Well, it's not want. I don't think I... Just with my health, I'm thinking 70 is about where I'm, you know... Yeah. That's wasn't that the Bible three score and ten? Seventy? Yeah. So 
And you are happy with that? You'd like to hit 10 more or like where? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't want to be a burden, so to say. My sure. fear is um, you should never speak these fears because they can come true. My fear is not so much death. I think death is what it is. We're all going to face it. And, you know, I would like to face it later. I would like friends and family to face it later. Sometimes that doesn't happen. But the fear is, you know, that stroke that puts you in a wheelchair drooling. No question, you know. But, you know, this thought about, uh, oh, well, people only live to be the 40th. So I have this history calendar. And I I, I should bring it in because I really like it. And and the the facts are kind of cool. Problem is, it's this day, which isn't this day, right? We don't necessarily record. I guess I could bring today's in when we record, but whatever. Um, But the other day was uh, Daniel Boone passed away on this date, whatever it was, October something in, uh, I think, about 1820. You know how old he was when he died? No clue. 80 freaking eight years old. Really? Yeah. Wow. So he lived a good life. But then think about this. This guy got plenty of exercise. He ate fresh kill all the time. Probably drank some bourbon, but maybe not. Maybe True. not. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't know what his lifestyle was, but 88. And I just saw an article this week that said people may have red meat wrong when they say it's completely bad for you and not healthy, that you may actually need some of that. Well, I mean, man is certainly a meat eater, right? Right. You know, it yeah, has he, been from the day one. Yeah. So, oops, lost my mind. Daniel was definitely not a vegan. Daniel was not a vegan, no. Who's, I'm related to deeply in one of those. Are you? Yeah. I'm a Daniel Boone nephew, 20 removed or Do something. you like the outdoors? Yeah, big fan. Personally, I'm a sure. big indoorsman. <laughs> Sound like my wife. <laughs> <laughs> and she doesn't drive. She will drive. She's she not drives a to fan work. of driving. Yeah. She works from home. She oh, used she to works drive from home. Work, but she's very used to me driving, has never driven two minutes on a vacation. Wow. Like, you know, no, that's I'll wild. make the 10-hour drive and back. Oh, that's cool. She's never going to spell me for two hours. Honestly, I am one of the true exceptions amongst us men who says that my wife might be a better driver than me. Wow. Yeah. I just like the control. I'm secure enough in my manhood. No, Patty's a great driver. I like the control of driving. You know, I'm I prefer to drive as opposed to be a passenger. But you know, you don't mind a break now and again when you're no driving to Florida. Yeah, that's right. Sure, nice two hour plunk in the middle. I don't know if Lucas's wife ever drives. She drives all the time, but I don't know if she drives on vacation. I think he drives the whole way. Wow. Yeah, my neighbor, a good friend. I won't say their name, but, uh, you know, I see him out the window all the time. He jumps right in that passenger seat, man. And I'm like, good for you. With the wife driving. Yeah. 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 Wife driving him all over the place. So what about Trump's gag order? Uh, Yeah, I didn't see it. What did the judge tell him? I I mean, I saw the headline, but I didn't read the paper, didn't read the article. Just from what I've seen that he's basically not allowed to discuss the case, the case on social media, the do anything to coerce the witnesses. uh, This is the fraud case. Fraud case. Yeah. Yeah. So... is he adhering to it? I, they said he has already posted a social media. Uh, he retweeted something that actually gave maybe the district attorney's home address or oh, somebody. But they said it was. It's got know. a term, too. What do they call that now? It's got a term where you yes. are uh, uh, doxed. Okay. Is that what it is? Where Sounds somebody right. puts out your. Uh, phone number or any personal information yeah. address. I haven't heard that, but that sounds I think right. doxed. Yeah. yeah. Which is just. That's just a, that should just, you shouldn't need a gag order to have to be held accountable for that. <laughs> I mean, that seems rough. It's just, maybe he, you know, maybe he takes some solace, not solace, because I don't think Donald Trump wanted <laughs> to see what he saw, but you know, at least the news is away from him a little bit. Yeah. You know? So we'll see. That could be really interesting because I don't know that he's going to not, I don't know that he's gaggable 
And we'll see if the judge is willing to put an ex-president in in prison. Jail. No, no. All right. So on that, Triz, I think it's time for me to. All right. So today we're going to do something completely different. I am just going to open the Dad Jokes book brought to you by Dad's Flooring and just read the first one that comes up. Sweet. (sighs) Did you hear about the cheese factory that exploded in France? I did not. There was nothing left but debris. (laughs) <laughs> that's pretty that's good not not, not to, that's a good one for for just a quick open so very nice oh uh, so yep i'll be <laughs> i'll just do a quick sponsor thank you of course the dad's flooring the dad's flooring studios in here ray with air conditioning and heat and this is just marvelous yeah, it's pretty nice very yeah, good pretty nice uh tony we do epoxy who gave me that check man and i'm, I'm still eating lunches on that so thank you tony that Did was he? nice Did i didn't tell you bastard he did bring me a check and and ray i tried to give you some and you just didn't want it i wanted to give you all of it and you said no so i must now buy drugs with it uh Maria Pond, no tristan actually you didn't tell me that okay i thought i, t- I thought i said it on air last week so <laughs> uh Maria Pond, who is maybe closing the doors uh so that dad's flooring where we are now is buying his building so there's some but aaron's but still gonna do something i think right we hope that he may act, i don't know i probably shouldn't get into it yeah, right, we right, hope right, that right. at some iteration right. of berea pond will stick around right. it's to be determined right. so thank you aaron uh nate stoveleg media of I, course. I still don't think it's sending bills so nate if you're listening you know send me a bill you nate you have to listen if you want to receive your there bill. you go that's that's yeah, there you go the, what we do and the rational boomer podcast of course we appreciate those folks as well and i put together a top 10 list ray which is still topical i wrote it uh, a couple days ago but when polled the top 10 most important republican qualifications for coming becoming the republican speaker of the house okay so when you poll a group of 100 republicans which i did for this top 10 list this is the top 10 things that they said was the most important qualification for their next leader of the Speaker okay. of the House of Representatives. Number 10, must believe Jesus was Caucasian and born in Alabama. <laughs> he wasn't. <laughs> Number nine, must pledge to support Donald Trump in sickness and in health for as long as you both shall live. That's definitely a qualification. It is. <laughs> Number eight, you can have no history of being a drag queen, George Santos. No. He will not be the Speaker of the House. I'm done with him, too. God, what a psychopath. And, you know, some of this is media perpetuated, Ray. I mean, some of it, of course, we're in our our bubble. But, man, George Santos, even outside of our bubble, that guy. Just go away, dude. That is a lot. Mm. Uh, Number seven, (laughs) you're only allowed to reach across the aisle to flip off the libtards. (laughs) Which is sadly accurate again top 10 most important republican qualifications as 100 people were polled for becoming the speaker of the house of representatives number six must pledge to make january 6th a national holiday yes uh, number five must pledge to lynch hunter biden mm-hmm. if the opportunity arises number four must work toward passing the presidential election fairness act which states the only way to determine if a state election was free and fair is if the Republican candidate wins, <laughs> which feels like something that might pass. <laughs> yes. Uh, number three, must hate women. That's simple enough. Number two, must announce Chris Christie as the border wall. 
Poor Chris. And I like Chris. I really think he might be a fine president. And the number one most important qualification for becoming Republican Speaker of the House must sponsor a bill changing the national anthem to Try It in a Small Town by Jason Alton. There it is. There it is. So have you enjoyed the fact now that uh, Late Night is back? Oh, so much. Yeah. I have not watched no more two gut seconds of gut felt. Like, <laughs> but, you know, and, and you could say the same for all these shows, but, man, it's just the exact same thing. So who is your favorite out of Kimmel, Fallon, and, um, and Colbert? I like them all. Uh, you know, I like Fallon personally because I met him. He was super nice. I, honestly, I watch um, Colbert because he's easy to fall asleep to, ah, which is probably not that's the, a compliment. The, yeah, but uh, I think uh, Seth Meyers, who's on After Fallon, is probably the funniest. And uh, you know, I think Jimmy Kimmel does a great. I yeah, think they're I, all pretty I, good. I actually like Kimmel. Kimmel is. Uh, I, I mean, his he he is. Um, so anti-Trump that at times you, it's almost cringy, but he is a he's, he's a sharp guy. I think I think he he seems to be the most real. I, I could be wrong, but I, I feel think that if, you, way if too. you sat down with Kimmel, sure. you would just you'd f- meet a very regular guy. It does feel that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So, but yeah, probably Seth of but of the eleven thirty guys. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. Probably Kimmel or Fallon. And it's the thing about that. Uh, Competition, you know, Johnny Carson had that with no competition, and and couldn't even fathom the thought of competition. You know, Joan Rivers went to Fox and opened that show and started that show, and Johnny never talked to her again. That was that's a really sad story. Yeah, yeah, because she was, they were best of friends. She was a guest host all the time, and and she was in line to, to take. She it. was, and you know, just said, just took that Fox money, and, and I don't think that show lasted a year. I don't think it did. No, yeah. yeah. So very and he sad never all the spoke way around, to her and just yeah. Yeah, it was such a betrayal to him. Yeah, that's what it was, right? Yeah, exactly. He just felt completely betrayed that she just like did that. mafia boss. Yeah. All right, Tris. Have a great week, brother. Hey, you too, Ray. Good seeing you, man. Yes, sir. Tristan here with the Extreme Common Sense Podcast, thanking our friends at Berea Pond. We could not do the podcast without the generous support from Aaron and Robin at Berea Pond. And also, my house wouldn't have nearly as much cool stuff without all the items at Berea Pond. So when you're ready for your next furniture, gun, ammo, pallet, they have so much cool stuff, you're not ever going to regret going to Berea Pond. That's Berea Pond at 107 Clay Drive in the old IGA building across from near New Auto Center. Don't miss out. If you're from the area, you got to get into Berea Pond.